Think with your balls. Have sex with your mind. Jaffa the Productions presents In Conclusion We Digress. The best hour of your life, you'll never get back. Welcome back everybody to another episode of In Conclusion We Digress. Thank you guys for coming back as always and listening. We really appreciate it. Hope you guys are doing well, having a good week. And joining us as always, we have the boys from the Upper East Side. So we will start today. Everyone has mics today. This is great. Everyone, we're so professional now. So and we'll start today so with. Nicely pointed out, I have two, and and Mike has two indeed. So, oh Christ, okay. <laughs> Mike, let's start, start with you, man. How's you and your two mics? How's it going? I'm one away from being Neil Brennan. <laughs> you get Great that? Reference. We're friends. <laughs> no, I'm doing good. Uh, happy to do but, one of these. But we're not even friends. Yeah, honestly, I was. Fuck? I was frantically pulling up Paul Pierce tweet where he's like. I'm getting there, thinking about my tongue switching back and forth, you know, that one. But I couldn't actually find the transcript, which makes me a little sad that they've scrubbed it from the internet completely. Um, so whoever did that or whoever has that, please repost that back on the internet. So at some point in time, I can do an ASMR reading of Paul Pierce and his sexual tweeting. All right. Well, Pat, let's let's say hello to you. How's, how's it going over there with your new microphone as well? Uh, it, me and my microphone are doing both doing very well. Uh, yeah. Shout out to uh, to my girlfriend for the new microphone for my birthday. It was very much appreciated and needed. Also, shout out to my father, whose birthday it is today. Although he's probably closer to the next milestone than me. Uh, what, what, 25 is, is car. And then after that, what's the next one? Social Security at 60, 62? I was going to say sadness at about 35. <laughs> yeah, sadness, depression. And existential dread at 40. That right, seems so, about so right. I, I, have, I, have some, I have some milestones coming up. <laughs> Something to look forward to, you know. <laughs> Always looking on the bright side of life. Let's let's go over to Kyle. Say hello to you. So, Kyle, what's going on? Hi, uh, you know, s- same old stuff. Uh, bored. <laughs> this just, you know, twenty twenty part two is still going on, and uh, yeah, don't really have too much to say about it. Uh, Everton did win today, uh, which was really nice to see. Uh, officially up to fourth in the table. Liverpool are no longer in first place, so. Wow. Not a bad day to be Kyle today, all things considered. Yeah. Boy, you check out the Premier League. Boy, the Prem, <laughs> mate. The Prem, bro. The Prem. He's <laughs> banging right now. He's banging. Have you seen how Leicester took on their sea last week and came up higher in the title? See, you still need to hit the end of the words, bro. You're just forgetting the whole fucking word in the sentence. It's not good. Well, don't, don't start with me, mate. I'll go all night. <laughs> <laughs> don't make me take out my muzzle loader and challenge you to a deal. <laughs> If this is if take one thing from tonight, uh, just go home, bully your British guy on Twitter or whatever social media you use. It'll the sun it'll never sets well. on bullying British people. That's yeah. such a weird request of our listeners. Just go bully a British person <laughs> on Twitter. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, to your point before, so far 2021, we were hoping for big things. It's just been like you said, 2020 part two. Yeah, <laughs> when things get it's better, been our, been what we like to call a rocky start. Yep. But I will say the one major victory, at least in my life so far from the year 2021, starts with the New York Mets making arguably one of the biggest trades in their team's history. So we're going to talk about sports today and why to kick it off with, like I said, the best news ever. The Mets acquired four-time All-Star shortstop Francisco Lindor. And I kid you not, I ran around my house like I was on 80 different drugs for like four hours. It was 
just pure bliss. And I am so, so excited to have a legitimate player and to actually be in the market for legitimate players like Lindor. So, well, I'm no, so, no so longer excited. in the market because Uncle Stevie is, is doing the right thing and not paying the luxury tax right off the fucking bat, which is a very smart move by the Mets, well, might I add. Also, best, best trade ever. Was it really better than the Nolan Ryan for Jim Fergosi trade? You know, there's been a lot of pan out yet. <laughs> there's been a lot of good trades the Mets have made in their day, and I think this is already up there, just in terms of the player himself. Well, if you were paying attention, that was probably was the worst a... trade ever. It was, yes. Was Piazza a trade, or was that a contract? Piazza was a trade, right? Yes. It trade. okay. traded so, from I mean, the Marlins listen, midseason. It's not a bad history with trades, then, all things considered. Just... Well, Minus you know, Nolan Ryan. Trade that's there. why. See, exactly. The Nolan Ryan <laughs> the trade worst, cancels out everything trade. that I just said. And I was that's... just, you know what? I have only maybe one more, two more podcasts to do this. <laughs> that was the worst trade deal <laughs> in the history of trade deals. It's amazing. The Mets, New York, what a terrible city. So incompetent. Everyone there, really terrible. Steve Cohen, great guy. I know. Hey, aren't him. you from there? I know him. You know him. Everyone knows him. <laughs> I mean, every time Uncle Stevie uh, does a, a business, he's like, I was just a businessman doing business. Doing I was business. just a businessman <laughs> doing business. I don't know what you want from me. What am I supposed to do? Know everything? Please. You can also do that forever. Like the, Yeah, I was gonna, the, the Trump's not going I can do that. Soon. I, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, that'll, that'll be culturally relevant. So culturally I'm just going to keep bringing all my accents into the podcast like one by one because there are many. Many of them. So yes. real quick before we move on, though. Uh, so that trade, the Nolan Ryan, Nolan Ryan to the Angels trade, is mm-hmm. like I, I just go, I just googled, and you can guys can do the same and check based on your sources. It's considered the the Bleacher Report 13 worst trade deal ever made in professional sports. And then that's sold quite sports. low on him. So not not the smartest move they've ever made. But again, the Mets have been an organization that's not been very well run for a very long time until literally this year. So don't let's do is- the Babe Ruth trade. No, that's true. That's true. But all I have to do is look back two years ago ah! to see how bad the trade was when the Mets acquired Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz. Like, it, there's just a long list of just terrible trades the Mets have made. So it's really refreshing for the Mets to make a good trade and to actually come out the winners because they gave up basically nothing for Lindor. They gave up uh, Ahmed Rosario and Andres Jimenez, who were both shortstops. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Jimenez is tough because he, you know, I, I actually liked him a lot. And then they gave up uh, Isaiah Green and Josh Wolf, who were two draft picks. Not elite prospects. Like, they're good prospects, no, that, but they're not. They were the ninth and 10th prospects on their list, uh, top 10, if I'm correct. But regardless, you're acquiring a player in the prime of his career in Francisco Lindor, who has been an MVP candidate for the last four or five years, just one of the best all-around players in baseball, one of the most exciting players in baseball. And it's just really exciting for the Mets to have a guy of his caliber. And not to mention, they got Carlos Carrasco, too, who's just a really great story. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you don't know him, he overcame leukemia uh, two years ago, and he's worked his way back to actually being an effective major league pitcher. So cool story. Hopefully that all pans out. No, he's a starter. Starter, okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he he brings a little bit of more um, depth to their rotation because I think as is right now, they were not in the greatest shape after DeGrom, considering Syndergaard isn't going to come back till you know, Mayor June. And Bauer's not coming. Nope. Which Bauer's I think, coming. again, is the right thing by the Mets because I don't think that throwing $40 million at a guy for one year is, is smart when he hasn't no. been a $40 million pitcher his entire career. Nope. Well, um, it's fine. not like, like Randy Johnson coming off the back end of his career and asking for one more year, in which case you'd pay that guy $40 million. But Of yeah. course. I'm interested to see where, um, where and for how much, though. 
for him. There are a slew of free agents. Uh, they're they're still in it. Around. The Mets are. are still in on Springer even, uh, right now, as of today. Even though he's, uh, they not. They probably can't offer him the most, but they're still in the game. I I've been saying this, and and this will be my last like point on the Mets because I want to also touch on the Yankees and their ongoing situation with Lemayhu. But I've been saying this on social media since the beginning of the offseason, and I've gotten a lot of flack for it. Uh, I really yeah, don't I've want seen... anything to do with Springer. I agree. It's stupid. I don't. I you want should, if, to do with him. You, Jackie Bradley is out there. He's cheaper and he's younger. See, I, I everyone is making a stink with the Mets about Brandon Nimmo being their center fielder. He is. Not as good offensively or defensively, but he's not that far off that it's like a huge downgrade. Yeah, like it's not. A, a, yeah, I agree. He has I one agree. of the best on base percentages in the league. Like he's a really and he's, really, he's very fast. Look at Brett Gardner. Mm-hmm. He's Brett Gardner, just younger. He, exactly. Great on base percentage, good fielder, serviceable in the like. I mean, <clears throat> you got to have your stick, and if getting on base is your stick, then that's going to keep you around, especially as a center fielder. Mm-hmm. And, and as a leadoff man. Um, yeah. You also can't accomplish everything in one offseason. Like this, you also have all these young players that have to extend. Like there's, you can't just do everything in one offseason. So you, I think you. Well, that's the that's the issue on... I think with the fandom is just going to be like we've been bad for a while now, and finally we have this new owner. So that means we're going to be good tomorrow. And it's like no, that's not how this works. It's a process. This is a process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like look at Philly, the Philadelphia 76ers. Not that they're amazing, but they were legitimately the worst team, one of the worst teams in the history of the NBA. They trusted the process, and now they're a fucking good team. Trust as much as it pains me to say that phrase. But I did want to quickly touch on on the Yankees because it has come out in the last couple of days. The Lindor trade kind of set a lot of things in motion in the market because they were waiting for like one of these big pieces to fall, and none of like the top five free agents have really gone anywhere yet. Um, they were hoping that the trade market started to pick up, so the Mets kind of got all that going. And with that, it came out, I think it was yesterday, two years ago, that DJ LeBehu and the Yankees are still a little bit far off in terms of their negotiations. And he's actually a little upset that they haven't been more aggressive in their offer and trying to retain them. So I'm curious, Mike and Kyle, the Yankee fans of the podcast, what do you guys think about that situation? Do you think that he'll ultimately still come back? Do you think the Yankees are playing this the right way? Like, what do you guys think? I think Brian Cashman is trying to teach him a lesson that needs to be taught to a lot of athletes in a lot of different sports you ain't bigger than this club you can go wherever you want buddy but you're gonna go to toronto they're not winning the world series i'm sorry they're not you know you you want to go play you want to play for the new york yankees or the toronto blue jays i think it's it's a matter of this is the team that you want to play for we know how you fit here you know how you fit here you know you like playing here so like be fucking reasonable about it because at the end of the day, Brian Cashman's a very reasonable guy. He's made, in my opinion, one bad deal in his entire tenure. It was the Jacoby Ellsbury deal. And quite frankly, who the fuck could have known that Ellsbury's entire body was going to give up on him halfway through the deal. Also, no GM has a perfect record. There's always going to be one. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No mistake. I mean, I do. I, am I positive he's going to come back? No. Um, am I confident that Brian Cashman can contingency plan for the loss of any player? Yes, Absolutely. So I'm not really all that worried. I think he should come back, but I am with the Yankees in saying that I don't want to, what is it? He would be 36. I don't want a 36 year old playing second base. Mm-hmm. We have so, enough DHs. And you so see that problem firsthand with the Mets. You don't, you don't want that situation. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. Sorry. No, 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 the Mets, the, the, it's still a chance. I think you guys are out of the market. So basically he started off talking with the Dodgers, the Blue Jays and the Mets. I think the Mets are mm-hmm. off the table because 
from those initial talks, it's kind of been rumored that he wants anywhere between four years, 92 on the super, super low end. Like he wants higher than that at a minimum. So what he's looking for is five years, a hundred, 110 million. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a pretty significant number for you, especially if you're staying under the cap. So I'm going to knock the, the Mets off that list. I'm going to knock the Dodgers off that list for you too. Cause their payroll is fucking bonkers, but they'll yeah. pay the luxury tax. Yeah, but they're going to get sick of it after next year, and you can't justify paying the luxury tax because you signed a 36-year-old to a $100 million deal. Well, yeah, he's he's 32. You can't pay the luxury tax on DJ's salary for four fucking years. That's ridiculous. That's why big luxury tax teams don't go. They're not going to go for it. No, but he recently added three more teams to that list. He's had his agent reach out to the Braves, the Mm -hmm. Cardinals, and the Red Sox. So that's the pressure of the Mets and the Yankees. The Braves is the pressure of the Mets, and the Red Sox is the pressure of the Yankees. He's not going to go play for either of those fucking teams. He played for the Braves, play for the... realistically, I could see it, I was going to say, the, the Braves would actually be a suitor because they they still have the money to spend deciding yep. if they want to go Marcelo Zuna or somewhere else. So they have the money to get him, but I don't know if they're actually going to go that they route. Should, you know, go so do the Red Sox. The Red Sox have a ton of money. The Red Sox have they, money, too. They yeah, but they're, they they they're not going to compete. Yeah, but they're not going to compete. They're not a win-now team right now. Yeah, and he's old. He needs a win-now team. That's what everyone keeps forgetting. If DJ wants to win a World Series, it needs to happen this year. That needs to be his mentality because, okay, if it doesn't happen this year, at least it's a team good enough to maybe do it next year. So that means his options are realistically the Yankees or Dodgers. Yeah, exactly. Or the, I'll allow the Braves because the Braves are a very good team. The Braves are in it. That's true. That's true. You could make the argument the Braves should have won against the Dodgers last year. I mean, yeah, the, the Braves, as again, as excited as I am is about the Lindor situation, the Braves are still arguably the top team in the NL. If not, you know, they're, they're I, I, so but, yeah. well-rounded as a team. A lot yeah. a lot of analysts and pundits, though, will, uh, I've seen move the Mets at least into that conversation of uh, tie, either tied for the Braves or like right right behind them. Yeah, they're uh, number two. Potential. Yeah. I'm even saying that as like a, uh, yeah, they're number two. The Mets should That's get a, the first wild card. That's yeah. That would be my prediction for the season as of right now. Mm-hmm. So I will say this to the Yankees credit. I think the Yankees are playing the situation mm-hmm. exactly right. I, I, I think, think I you are looking at the way that the market's going. You DJ can't blame the Yankees for not being more aggressive in a market that is so down and slow. Like you can't say to be like, to be brutally honest, the Yankees don't have the money. They didn't well, make the, the hundreds of millions that they do every year from tickets. And for some reason, major, you know, sports in the United States really haven't figured out what they figured out overseas. Just put fucking advertisements over the seats. There's your money. Like, mm-hmm. it's not all of it, but it certainly is a chunk of it. Um, well, the biggest issue, yeah. too, is that they want to play 162 games, which means you're paying every single player full, full salaries. Full salary. Yeah. Yep. They got away with it last year because they were paying these guys such a fraction of what they were. Actually, but pennies on the dollar, play, yeah. If you want to play 162 games and a full spring training, there's absolutely no way that – the, the PA is going to agree to anything less than their full salary. And then you're going to have to deal with all the other crap that comes along with running a professional sports franchise in the COVID era. Mm-hmm. Everything is yeah, going to be so just... contained. It's like such a bubble. And then you have to worry about potentially like even just the cleaning costs. It's such a crazy thing. I mean, I talked to my dad about, you know, my, my parents happen to work for a school and my dad, one of the th- things he does is he oversees the crews that like clean the school and like that's such a huge cost that nobody thinks about just the idea like just the, the cleaning just the testing and then eventually 
the fact that the, I mean, the league as a whole, but I'm sure it's a trickle down effect. is going to have to buy tens of thousands of vaccines in bulk in order to yeah. vaccinate their players. These yeah. are like, these are huge costs. You not only need to vaccinate your players, you need to vaccinate all your staff top to bottom. You need to vaccinate the players' families or whoever they live with. And you need to vaccinate anyone that works like for the MLB. So umpires and cameramen and bat boys. And so it's, it's tens of thousands of doses of vaccine. So that I think is like the other thing too. Like there are tens of thousands of people involved just to put this on. And I think Manfred coming out and saying, we're going to play 162 games is a little fucking asinine in my opinion. Cause you, you got lucky getting them all in last time. And I think you'd, be pretty lucky to get him in 162 of them this time. Yeah, I mean, Rob Manfred hasn't really set the best example as commissioner. He's done a lot of kind of weird things and he said a lot of dumb shit too. A lot of dumb yeah, shit in his day, yeah. So. yeah. so speaking of the New York Mets, I think we should talk about the other team in blue and orange. Um, Which one? Yeah, the New York Knickerbockers who yeah. were good there for about three and a half seconds and then last well, night proved to us for the third consecutive game that they are dog shit. <laughs> they were uh, proven and grooving that they're fucking terrible yeah so the knicks uh dropped a game last night to gordon hayward's uh charlotte hornets they fall to five and six after a pretty good run they're now on a three game losing streak uh quite frankly two of which they should have won and i think that first one they should have taken but the thunder played out of their skin of course mm-hmm. played very uh, good solid defense for a team that's not known for their defense which was surprising yes yeah um, one thing I guess I will say is that I have appreciated the Knicks defense in a lot of their games, not in all of them. It's certainly mm-hmm. gotten a lot better. Excuse me. From year to year, yeah, from last year. Yeah, I, and I, I think that my biggest issue has been the consistency of people sort of one way or another. I mean, RJ has proved he's very streaky. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's hard to watch him take 15 shots and you know be three for 15 in the first half. I have and to think, it, though, yeah. sorry to interrupt, Kyle. I have to think oh, with ahead. RJ specifically, though, he's so young still. And to have – to be playing basketball your entire life like that and then to have all of a sudden everything shut down for almost an entire year, I imagine he's going through some kind of growing pains and just trying to figure things out. But I have no doubt that he'll get it figured sure, but out. Everyone's going through that same thing. Every, no, yeah, no, but I'm, to, I'm just saying when you're that young and you're like – Yeah. Who's that streaky, though? That's my concern. Yeah, and I, I've, I've seen very – for – you know, a two, three type guy, like, like he plays that position where you kind of have to be good at a little bit of everything. His shooting has been very, very off and suspect, not just he used to hit free, his fucking free throws, not just oh, his God. free throws. Just his, don't his, even get me fucking started. His, he can't hit his three. He hasn't been in his threes and his mid range J's either. He's just so been it, off. It, He's it been completely off. His release off. points, not his, his head hasn't been in the game. Which is funny because wasn't the first game of the year? What did he start like ten for ten or nine for nine or something? Yeah, yeah first game off. of the year. Yeah, he had like he had an amazing first game. First game. <laughs> Fucker. Yeah, but then he missed like what, like fifteen straight three point shots, and then yeah, then he came back and he shot well again, and then now he's like three for twenty five. Mm-hmm. So he's very last year. Yeah, I, I guess here's here's my issue. Um, this year at least. So last year he was a 40.2% field goal shooter, 32% from three, which I'll take for someone who doesn't shoot threes that much. The, the only issue with him, and it's a big one, is the fact that he's a 61% free throw shooter. Yeah, that's, that's not going to cut it. Yuck. And that's the and 50% the Knicks, side of 61, not the 75%. Yeah. Of what, the, what are the Knicks as a team free throws wise? Because it's not, obviously we're focusing on him, but it's been a team-wide issue. 
it has been um, a team. Continue talking. I'll, I'll pull it up. I think Who's it's better, like the Knicks or a CYO basketball team? Because no, obviously it, they they haven't been getting fouled a lot, so I'll say that. So the opportunities haven't necessarily been there. So maybe that's making it a little bit more kind of like analyzing the problem because they because when they do they do get fouled, it's kind of like few and far between. They haven't been going in and drawing them. And I, I, as a biased fan, I, I will tend to look at it as oh, well, the refs just suck. But you know, you can't you can't that can't be your excuse excuse every time. Even though a couple times there have been they've been subject to some suboptimal officiating, in my opinion. Mm. Two things. On Sunday, if they had hit their free throws, that would have been a game. It would have completely changed the pace of the game, and they probably could have won that game. It would have been closer, not, you know, like a 12-point loss, whatever it was. That's my first thing. If they had hit their free throws, it would have definitely changed the The only the person I game. trust to shoot free throws is Julius Randle, and that's that's really the only person I know who's going to hit them. Alec Burks. Alec Burks. He's Alec Burks like an 87% career. He's career played free one game. But but he's been mm-hmm. out of the game. He's been, yeah. The yeah. other thing, was the officiating has been horrible. How many times in the last – Last night was bad. Has, last night was has bad. Has somebody been in the act of shooting uh, for the Knicks? Like, the anybody. Act, the act of the shooting act of shoot fouls? Yeah, they're like, oh, no, never mind. His feet were on the ground like that, whatever. It's like a non-shooting like, foul. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it, the that amount- and the double standard of traveling calls against that, that go against the Knicks – or they'll call it on the Knicks and then not call it on well, someone else for something. So they more called egregious. it on um, the best example was quick. No, it was quickly last night. He picked it up and literally took the ball and went to put it on the floor and took a step as he was putting the ball down. And they called a travel. And then, oh God, uh, one of the guards on Charlotte. I shouldn't. It, it wasn't ball. It was, it was um, no. Devontae Graham. Was that who it was? Devontae Graham. Yeah. Yeah. Took five steps going to the basket. And it was, it was, it was just hard to, yeah. to look at. Also, let's talk about Dennis Smith Jr. being the leader in steals. He barely plays. Ob Toppin is the leader in blocks <laughs> per game. He barely plays. He's been hurt. Sorry. Manuel quickly though has has been a bright spot this season, and he has hit a hundred percent of his free throws. Well, out, of, out of how many attempts though? Yeah. Uh, he had. I he, I know he has over fifteen attempts. I'll say yeah, between fifteen and twenty. Probably. I mean, that's still He's like that's a 90, good though, but. He was ninety-one percent at Kentucky over two seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, he, he's good. He's got a good shot. Yeah. So I believe the Knicks, um, based on what I have here, did you already say so, Mike? I, I have 70. I have 73. Oh. I have 73% f- uh, free throw shooters, and I have a 44% uh, field goal percentage. And That's they're 34% have, yeah, from yep. three. So their shooting has been fairly abysmal across the yeah. board. Bur- Burks has been 90%, but everyone else yeah, has been great. below average. I mean, I guess they're, they're not showing the ones that are 100 because they're like they've taken not enough or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I, I guess like another issue that I've had, I mean, being a Knicks fan, I see all the issues. But something that I think has been a little bit more glaring um, to me, specifically Alfred Payton. Oh, into the, into sun. the sun, into the sun. Yes. Fire him into the sun, into the sun. <laughs> Elf, if you're listening, uh, please just just make layups. That's really the only reason we want to fire you into the sun. We know you can't shoot. That's 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 the Knicks are shooting, but yeah, it's alarming. Learn to make a contested layup. So the the Knicks are shooting as uh, before the Charlotte game, they were shooting 57% from the restricted zone. 57% from what is basically a motherfucking layup. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you watch the games, you see it so much, it's so obvious. I mean, uh, that's something that needs to be addressed. And then I also think you need to address two questions in why in the fuck is Austin Rivers not starting? And why is Alfred Payton still starting? 
Reggie hasn't been Which anything. He's supposed to be a three-point shooter, and he hasn't been good at it this year. So, I, I, I mean, I don't know. What, what's everybody else's thoughts on the, the lineups and, you know, who's playing and who's not playing? I, while, while we're on free throws quickly, Alfred Payton, who's a, who's a guard, mm-hmm. is shooting 64% from free throws. That is – Unacceptable. Yeah, it's not – That is just like – that makes me want to vomit. It's just – it's unacceptable. <laughs> There's no other word for it. We have to give like a, a little shining star though. Yeah, credit to Austin Rivers and, and credit to uh, recently Julius Kevin Knox. Randall, Jesus Christ, too. Julius Randle has been unbelievable, and that's like the, that's the biggest thing. But I was just say credit to Kevin Knox after two years finally figuring out what the fuck he does on this team. He's been he was phenomenal the other night. He's hit three his three well, he had, he had really pointers. Mm-hmm. And same thing with Austin Rivers. Like both of them. I mean. Yeah, it's not as consistent, but like there was there was moments. I think Kevin Knox at one point was five for five or five for six on his three point shots. Yeah, he, uh, like he basically hit five quick, consecutive. He, that's the issue. He's he's very uh, he's very feast or famine, and I think that streakiness seems to be a theme on the team. And, and then a guy like Tibbs, I mean, there's got to be a way to figure that out. Mm-hmm. I sure. I feel like I'm taking the positive stance here like I, I know i said give rj like some time he'll figure it out i'm gonna say the same thing about kevin knox too i think it's tough when you're drafted at 18 19 and you're literally inserted into a literal dumpster fire and there's no direction the coach has changed three or four times like it's there's very no tough to just you. get your rhythm like with you yeah. so i i think yeah. knox will be okay too i think give him some time i think give tibbs some time to get into rhythm this season you know i i know they're five and six i know it's been bad the last couple of days but like you know, yeah. coming I mean, back. I'm, I'm coaching from the couch, but I, I also feel like it's it's just frustrating to watch RJ put up 15 shots and a half and yeah. get the opportunity to put up 15 shots when he so clearly doesn't know where the basket is mm-hmm. and why he's not being you know subbed off for somebody. Like we do have a lot of players on the fucking bench. Like mm-hmm. Dennis Smith Jr. is on the bench. Iggy Brasdakis, bro. If listen, Iggy. He's cool <laughs> Ron Baker of the current Knicks. That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> Hey, he's got better uh, I mean, facial hair. <laughs> no, well, Ron true. Baker is a legend, and no one will ever replace him. Yeah, what's he's the man the Mr. Tomness of the current uh, New York Knicks. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Tomness, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it, it's just been rough lately. Bench RJ more for like a game. The Knicks. I, I do think you need to sit RJ down and maybe give him a minute. Give him a night off, like a healthy scratch. You know, mm-hmm. tell everybody that he pulled a calf or something in practice and just sit on the sidelines in a suit and – I don't you know I, I'm not punishing the kid but he clearly just like needs a minute because he doesn't know where the basket is and sometimes that's solved by playing through it mm-hmm. but in a shortened season we don't have time for you to play through it you need to get it together now here's the thing so if most teams are 11 10 or 11 games into the season the Knicks right now with the nine seed at five and six but clearly no one's really like been that away. great like the celtics are the best team right now the seven and three but the Knicks win two games in a row they're back at like the four seed so like well Giannis you know. too he's proved that uh maybe not as clutch as we thought after that game yeah. in uh fucking boston where he had the free throws to win the game couldn't even hit him i mean the so, playoffs should prove that he's not as clutch as you thought he was i listen it's it's a, it's one thing to have an opinion about Giannis, but it can only go in one direction or everybody thinks you're an idiot but He's one of the best players in the NBA. I think there's no doubt on that, but I also think that people need to slow their roll on him being an automatic like title contender because I don't think that that's true. And yeah, I also he's don't come think that Holiday is enough. No, he's that's the problem. To push them to the next level. 
we talked about this on, on the podcast before him signing like the supermax extension is not going to make them a better team it's not going to make them a worse team in fact yeah because all this money is committed to just him when you need other pieces around you and bench pieces like it's, it's not going to work mm-hmm. so the one thing i'll say i mean again i'm being positive i think the knicks will get it figured out i do still think they'll be a playoff team i agree you know they I'm they had shown signs of and oh it's understandably frustrated I, i'm frustrated yeah. with you but I, I think the pieces are there when everyone's healthy and they're trusting Tibbs' system and RJ kind of figures out his shit, they'll be fun. Like they're not going to yeah. be a top four team, but they'll no. they'll be they'll be okay. They'll make the playoffs. They're just no. they're they're they have the skill to get scraped in the first round. Yes, <laughs> that's which, is a, which is a Knicks skill. So well, we do like a, a way too early prediction on NBA. <laughs> Um, yeah, let's do a championship prediction right now, Mike. Who's who's your who's your winner? I'm gonna write this all down, by the way. Okay, um, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give who's gonna win the NBA. I'm gonna give who I want to win the NBA, and I'm gonna give who my surprise person is. If I had money to bet, I would bet on them. So, mm-hmm. the Lakers are gonna win the NBA title. I'm sorry, it's gonna happen. You're not wrong. My surprise would probably be like Denver. And if I had money to put on a team, no, uh, sorry, that, my surprise is going to be Portland, who I'd like to win probably be Denver. But Portland is definitely going to be my surprise. I happen to like, I was reading some interesting articles about them today and kind of catching up on them. I always was interested in, in that team. And I, I noticed that, that CJ is actually having a better season than Dame. So when you have two players, and not like Dame's having a bad season, Dame's having a Dame season, but yeah, you have all, you have CJ going off and you have Dame going off. So that's, an automatic like 60 points a night if you can continue that for an entire season that's a legitimate threat and mellow to shoot from the wing and you brought back ennis Cantor to really solidify your presence in the paint like i mean they're they're a very very good team let's go to dan so who's your championship who's going to win who do you want to win and who is your like sweetheart team again i i hate to say it because it just it's the one frustrating thing about the nba for me is that it's just the same team every year but i do think the lakers are gonna probably win again i kind of want to see luca and kp get one i want to see dallas interesting interesting take and kp's back tonight right yeah he's He's uh he's supposed to be back tonight yeah but i've always liked him i thought he kind of got you know the short of the stick with the next and i'd like to see him win sleeper team i'll say the pacers they're a good team like a a sleeper to make like a run cool they won't win the the ship but yeah yeah pat hit me you know, I realized how good this team looked I, I, when they played the Knicks, but it, it, they also has continued throughout the early part of the, the regular season. But the Sixers look very good. Yeah. I think the Sixers come out of the East. The process has been trusted. So uh, who wins the ship? Sixers come out of the East. Who wins the ship? Uh, the, the Lakers. But like that, that's who's going to. But <laughs> God, I hate the NBA. The NBA fucking sucks. <laughs> but my, don't sleep on uh, who do I really want and potentially really could. Want. The Suns have a chance. Yeah, they I'll have say, a good team. Yes, Patrick. Because such your feelings. You know, <laughs> you know it to be true. <laughs> and I'll say uh, that because, because uh, well, I have a man crush on on Booker, but also, I think it's time for Chris Paul. It's just, it's, it's it's it has to happen, right? You're like you have I've State Farm, so I'm I'm legally obligated yeah. to hope that Chris <laughs> Paul wins a championship yeah. every year. <laughs> Kyle, what, what so do you I'm gonna, what do you think? I'm gonna be hella predictable. Um, sure. Also, I'm going last, so I am automatically predictable. <clears throat> the Lakers are going to win the championship. That is just a fact. Um, I want Portland to win because I want some fucking respect on Damian Lillard's name. Yep. 
And my sleeper is the Suns because they're disgusting. Yeah, everyone forgets that they got invited to the bubble and they went eight and zero in those last yep. games. Like and they, they, wasn't, they, they got Chris wasn't enough, and they but... got Chris Paul, and they got Chris Paul now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who's not like thirty five, but like and DeAndre Ayton's yeah. getting better. Like I mean, it's yeah, it, a, a facilitator happens at any age though, and especially like a generationally elite one like Chris Paul. <laughs> well, Dan, you you'd mentioned that you also do you want to do another point on that? Well, no, I was just going to say quickly, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention before we move on from the NBA, mm-hmm. uh, the absolute dumpster fire that's happening in Brooklyn right now. Yeah, that's what Everyone I was – yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Everyone is also predicting – Well, he was that too. Cue <laughs> <laughs> the SpongeBob meme when he, they threw out his name. That's what Brooklyn's like right now. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's terrible. I mean, everyone was anticipating they were going to be a top three team in – the east and they they still very well maybe but as of right Kevin now Durant can do incredible things that's maybe true they pi- maybe they picked a poor uh not poor but inexperienced coach i mean i think that the respect was lost for steve nash right off the bat because they made yep. the steve nash hiring a completely political thing and not like steve nash is a good hire he did he's got coach some coaching experience there's been plenty of times when coaches that are not head coaches are, are picked up by teams and that's got to happen at some point but as soon as it started people were like the steve Co- the steve nash siring they made it completely political on both sides and then you have a team that's like filled with people that are very outspoken specifically kyrie irving and kyrie irving's like well he's not my coach and then like all of a sudden you lose respect for your team and your star player is like mouth kissing the fucking coronavirus at parties when he decides <laughs> not to show up for road trips so it's all a trickle down effect from when Harambe got shot. Well, yeah, Correct. it's all, it's all led back to that. Oh, um, um, Q domino meme. I have to say from, from a Knicks fan's perspective, I feel like the Knicks dodged a bullet, not getting Kyrie. He's, he seems like one of the biggest head cases in sports, if not the biggest, just with everything he's, he's done of, with Boston and now with Brooklyn. Yeah. Like it so, just seemed like a utter disaster. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, so I guess to me, my question for sort of the NBA, the world people, I'm going to sound a little stupid, but I'm going to phrase this as I am an incredibly pragmatic and practical person with a business degree. So I don't want my money to go to the wrong place. And especially I don't want to be wasting $42 million a year on an Mm -hmm. asshole. At what point does a franchise stand up to somebody like Kyrie? Because players have been doing this since Kawhi Leonard set out for a season and they have been bossed around by all these players. And like I said, Brian Cashman's given fucking the cold shoulder to DJ LeMayo because it's the fucking New York Yankees, you know, disrespect this organization. Mm -hmm. I want to know when a basketball franchise is finally going to say, you know what? We can't sign him. He might be really good, but at the end of the day, We'll just be a three seed and we will lose in the, you know, in the Western conference finals, the Eastern conference finals, we will never get all the way and we'll waste $40 million and we'll have to deal with all this headache. Uh, Like, do you think there's going to come a point where teams are just going to be like, enough is enough. We're in charge. You, you work for us. The problem is I, in my opinion, I think the NBA is the one sports league that they, they profit the most off their players by far. I think they're least amount of players. Fair enough. Right, right. Like when you go to a Lakers game, you're like, I'm paying to go see LeBron James and Anthony Davis. 
Mm-hmm. Like if the Bucks are coming to town, I'm paying to go see Giannis play. Like you're, you're not paying to go uh, see the Bucks system or like you're, you're going to see team players. basketball. Right. <laughs> like I mean, some people may like, you know, I, I appreciate a, a well run game. Oh, and, and there but, are, and there are those. And there yeah. are certainly, but the majority of fans are paying because they want to see these players. So that's, I think Superstars. the problem is that exactly. You have these superstar players, you know, that they are, one of, if not the main cause of revenue for your team. So I don't think it'll ever get to a point where like you are just not worth it. Like they're always going to be worth it in a sense. When you say you pay to see, so even I know we, I know we're in COVID times, but that, mm-hmm. that has a trickle down to the, the market and TV deals, the whole yeah, TV well. deal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, of course. So of course. That, that, I'm not just talking uh, merchandise talking too. Just directly, directly. Yeah, you know, no, yeah, I, get, I, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say like, I think you're starting to see it. And I think that I think that your point will start to become a real thing, right? Right before the season, what was the big thing? Who's getting like who's trading with the Rockets for James Harden, right? All these things were out there. There was all these potential deals that came up, and nothing really came out of it because nobody wants James Harden. So you might not be fucking seeing Looney Tune, but you mm-hmm. might not be seeing a franchise say "fuck you" to their player, but you're going to see other franchises say, "Fine, go rot in Houston and be fucking miserable and destroy your career." until you're a free agent and we sign you for pennies on the dollar. So because the NBA is one of those leagues where the players are just so outspoken. And I mean, think about it, like in the middle of an NBA league meeting, you had players in the bubble standing up telling NBA executives, fuck you. I pay your salary. I'm not listening to you. Um, Because that mentality exists in the NBA. I think that eventually the organizations are just going to let people rot. Like it's, it's not going to be the nets are never going to say Kyrie, screw off we're, we're getting rid of you because they're just not going to do that they'll make up his money in jersey sales but like if at some point they want to trade for Kyrie, or if in the next free agency period someone's going to be like no you're going to see what happened in every other sport like this year where there's crazy delay on free agency signings and like small deals and shit like that coming around and that'll eventually trickle down to the nba I guess the, the example of soccer always comes to mind for me because it's just different the, just because of the fundamentals and the way that players are exchanged, et cetera, and contracts and everything and the way they compensate them. Is, it's all different. Um, there, it's more run by the agents. So like there's this agent, uh, Jose Mendez, or Jorge Mendez, and he is considered the most powerful. And then Mino Raiola, they're the two most powerful agents in the world. Essentially, they represent anyone whose name you might know. He's the, the rich um, Paul of soccer times a hundred. So Good like Mino Rayola, I do believe a couple years ago, he signed a couple big transfers and I think he personally made a hundred million dollars. It's how does, one, how does one get into this business? Right. <laughs> Good luck. Nice you speak about six European languages. Um, English is yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, it, I guess o- over there, it's more like, you know, the players can bitch and moan all they want, but at the end of the day, the club is bigger than you, no matter what. I mean, like there was a whole thing this summer with Lionel Messi in Barcelona and the Barcelona president, who was a fucking asshole, who's no longer the president, and a bunch of other people are like, listen, at the end of the day, no player is bigger than any club. And I think that that mentality is going to eventually trickle over here. But I do tend to agree with Mike that when it comes to the point when the Nets are fed the fuck up with Kyrie Irving, which will happen, they're going to try to trade him and everyone's going to be like, <laughs> no. Yeah, enjoy that $40 million contract. Yeah, mm-hmm. enjoy that $40 million nightmare, unless you want to buy him out. Or they're going to have to start very quietly inserting buyout clauses into these contracts. Well, it's not like the Nets are under any pre- pressure because, well, actually, both of their fans complained. But, 
Yeah, it's it's an interesting situation. You know, we got to see how them as a team respond to it, and if Kyrie's even going to come back anytime soon. They're, they're saying that they don't think he's going to be back anytime soon. I bet he'll miss ten. Yeah, at least I put the over under at ten. That's a fifth of the season, mm-hmm. or more. It's going to be like a, over a quarter of the season with all the other games that he's. Okay, mm-hmm. and he didn't show up to what like three games already. He didn't go in there. Here's the, Mike. You're acting like he's, he cares. He hasn't been there all week. Yeah, he doesn't care though. He the gets guy, paid. No, he doesn't. He, he loses. Well, oh yeah, he sure does because he's got twenty five million dollars in endorsements on the backside. That's well, the those, problem. They that's make that's, their money no matter what. That's when that stuff's got to start going. Like that's that's another way that these toxic players are going to start losing. You really Adidas think like gave they, James Harden what a three hundred million dollars shoe deal like ten years ago, and everyone was like, "What him?" Yeah, and that created this. That's exactly so, what I'm saying. As long as the advertisers still see value in having their having these people represent them, the teams are going to take the same approach. They're not going to cut a player because he's doing the same exact thing for them as he's doing for the advertisers. So it, they've created monsters. So that's where everyone's got to be the yeah. Washington football team and cut their first round pick. Ron Rivera has the biggest Sa- nuts of anyone that I've ever fucking heard of. Unless you, unless you have you know Rams blood above the the, the fucking uh, door frame, yeah. you got to yeah. sacrifice your first round pick. That's what's going to be how the NBA is going to play next year. Excellent book of Exodus reference. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to call uh, it the bounce passover. Oh boy, <laughs> um, that was funny. <laughs> that was funny. So yeah, we had to do an addendum to our episode this week. We had to jump back on. It's Wednesday the thirteenth now. And it literally is 24 hours after we recorded. Exactly. We're on a hot streak. 24 hours after we record, (laughs) like news drops about like everything. Was it like 24 hours after the Kanye thing? It was like the Kanye and Kim are getting divorced. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, 24 hours after we talk about the NBA and uh, I shit excessively on James Harden's life uh, and said, I do believe I might've said in that episode that he was never going to go to Brooklyn. Uh, James Harden is now a Brooklyn net. So I'll eat my words on that one. I got to admit it. But uh, so I mean, what the fuck, guys? One could say we have the final word, the, the final take before this earth-shattering divide. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, <laughs> I think we should be commended for that. Yes. Indeed. Honestly, I think I wish we were more famous because then freezing cold takes would, would have roast us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that is kind of goals at this point. I think I'm, we're just making bad takes. No, that's so, you. That's just you. <laughs> hey, I mean, so, I want to rant about how uh, James Harden was going to rot in Houston because nobody wanted him. So I was going to provide just a, a brief timeline of what, what's happened over the last 24 hours since we literally hit end recording uh, and to where we are now. So the Rockets just got off their second consecutive loss to the Lakers. James Harden came on after the game, basically just in front of the press and in front of everyone quit on the team, just said that it's just not working here anymore and that he doesn't see any way that there's going to be any sort of positive outcome in Houston which obviously upset a lot of their players as well. DeMarcus Cousins, for one, came out and said, you know, good riddance, get the hell out of here. Like, he didn't want any part yeah. of, of Harden anymore. Um, and then today, Houston just got super aggressive in trying to shop Harden. Uh, it came down to the Nets and the 76ers. The 76ers uh, were asked to give up uh, Simmons and a slew of other really good, young, talented players, and they just wanted no part of it. So instead, they literally... <laughs> fucked the Nets and took their entire future away from them. So oh, this, this has happened before. Yeah, it's yeah. happened before. This is literally the Paul Pierce trade 2.0. Uh, I think it's worse. 
it it yeah well here's here's the details if you haven't seen it yet so the nets end up getting james harden in this deal the rockets keep that in yeah, mind and that's got the one one guy one um guy. granted yeah. one of the best second scorers in the league blah, blah blah they got a second round pick from cleveland so oh. yeah, whoa yeah 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 hey <laughs> yeah so <laughs> it ended up being a four-team trade so yeah the nets get james harden and the second round pick from cleveland the rockets made out like bandits in this trade they got ultimately victor oladipo from indiana which we'll get to in a second because that was a subsequent trade uh they got dante exum uh rudians curex i don't even know how to say his name they got four first round picks from brooklyn which is nuts and they're all unprotected picks and they're all unprotected and yeah and four pick swaps yeah and pick swaps as well so yeah the rockets you know they're set for a while now they're going to just have a lot of good young talent to work around with and including Old Depot now, which is huge. Uh, and then Indiana got Karis LeVert from the Nets in that subsequent trade. So basically Old Depot went to the Rockets for Karis LeVert and a second round pick. And then Cleveland got Jared Allen and Torian Prince in exchange for that second round pick. So a clusterfuck of teams and people. Ultimately, the big story hardens to the Nets. So what do you guys think? Does this change the balance of the East now, even though Kyrie stole MIA and the Nets... You know, what do you guys think? <laughs> you think that they're able to kind of unite under these circumstances, the players on the on the Nets now? Do you think Kyrie has a re- newfound, regained interest uh, in playing more of a, the, the team player role and being a leader for his team instead of kind of being the shithead he's been? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, to me, like, the, the issue – this doesn't make them any better in the East in my mind. You know, they were probably already a one to two seed. And I think over seven games, they're still a one to two seed. I think the only thing is that if they're all gelling and playing well, and, you know, Steve Nash can really get this team together that, you know, they can, they're now maybe a more credible challenger for the Lakers. Do I think they're going to win the title? No, I still think the Lakers are going to win the title. I won't be changing my pick and there's that won't change my mind. The interesting thing to me too, is that, you know, ultimately Mike D'Antoni is still coaching James Harden. And we all know how that went for the last, uh, what, eight years. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it doesn't fill me with, with faith and hope that they're going to be very good or much better than they are, I should say, as they kill the Knicks while we're recording. If this. there is a God, I'm sure, I'm sure he will orchestrate the implosion of the team. Uh, That's also <laughs> that part. You have the worst locker room personalities in the NBA right now. And then, that yeah. Pat remarked that it, the model citizen that is Kevin Durant yeah. and his he, mild Twitter trolling will be <laughs> the least of your worries as Steve Nash. And I think it exacerbates the situation that we previously spoke about with the, like, the lack of respect for Steve Nash is now you're just adding another guy who's clearly had a problem with authority that you showed mm-hmm. that in Houston, that you're just adding somebody else to just that shit show. I mean, they'll be good. And they'll, like you said, they'll probably be a one or a two seed, but like, at the end of the day, will the locker room, the toxic locker room work? And I think that that might be solved by getting rid of Kyrie. If you can get rid of Kyrie now that you have Harden and Durant, maybe at least the chemistry from OKC can. Well, they'll give it a year. They'll give it through this season at the very least. And, and I, I think that the, I don't I really don't even know. Like I, you know, it's just a crazy fucking trade. I think that Brooklyn is Brooklyn and fuck them. And it's, it's all over who gives a shit what they have. Let's talk about the other teams that made out like fucking bandits. The Pacers low key made out really well. Oladipo coming off an injury into a contract year, mm-hmm. man, like getting, getting Levert. Like that's a great young talent. He has a lot of ability to flourish there. Now that's a good team. 
you know, they've shown that yep. they're capable. Sabonis is, is a good big man and they do have a, like a decent amount of talent hanging around. Um, I do feel really bad for Jared Allen going from playing for the Nets when they were terrible to playing for them when they were okay. And then literally getting shipped out thinking you might be going to Houston. They don't have a big man. Uh, whoops. Now you're going to Cleveland to what is probably the worst run franchise in the NBA. Arguably. Yeah. Arguably yeah. Cleveland and New York. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, they basically told LeBron when the first time he left, don't let the door hit you on the way out to the group, mm-hmm. arguably, in my opinion, the greatest basketball player of all time. They need, they need more of a David Blatt type. But Kyle, I, I actually agree with you. I think that Indiana may have made, you've got the best out of this deal, uh, even though yeah. Houston is Houston, stock yeah. now with draft picks and stuff like that. And you know, they got obviously a cancer off their team. Karis LeVert is a really good player. Like, I don't think people understand how good he is. Yeah. And he will fit into that team perfectly. Like, he yeah, is going to fit in so for, well. For a second-round pick, like, come on. Yep. And Depot, uh, who I said is in a contract year, coming off a big injury, he could still be great, and that's all well and good, but it's a gamble they're willing to take. They got, you know, they took some years off the player that they have, and he's not going to command nearly as much money when they have to pay him. It's a very shrewd move. Mm-hmm. I think the Rockets. I know you said the, the Pacers, but the Rockets are they're they're not a bad team based on what they have. John Wall, Oladipo, Tucker, four first for yeah, and, and Demarcus Cousins, player. Yeah, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, you can basically recreate that team over the next five years. So I, I, they're all supposed to. So they're saying on the rumblings on Twitter that the Rockets are now looking to move PJ Tucker and get a proper big man in, um, which they need. Because the, the fact that Mike D'Antoni thought he could win an NBA championship without a true seven-footer or, you know, it, it is stupid because they got the shit kicked out of them by the Lakers because AD was like, I'm going to have all these rebounds. Yeah. Well, so it would be interesting to see if he moves. I don't necessarily think they need to move him, and I think that they do need to accept that they're not winning a title. They're not going to the Western Conference Finals. They're going to be a good playoff team, and if they get to the Western Conference Finals, that's hugely overperforming from – John Wall. I do feel good for John Wall. Uh, you know, happy that he's kind of in a fresh start. Clearly, Washington, you know, wasn't really working for him, despite the fact that he and Bradley Beal are very good friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think it's a it's a good thing for him. And obviously, Boogie looks like he's very happy with the move. So, you know, you could have good times coming in Houston, but you have to keep in mind too that these picks that they got, I believe, are. 22, 23, 25, and 27 in terms of years. So mm-hmm. they're not all right in a row. And, you know, th- this is going to affect – the draft is basically going to be confusing for the next seven years now. There's no one rooting for the player they just traded for to fail than Houston. Because, you know, assuming the Nets do well, those are all going to be very low picks. Uh, like high 20s, first-round picks. Yeah. Which they, which they will. But the, you have the potential of that team eventually splitting up due to whatever reasons we've previously mentioned and then having a dog shit Nets team that in like two years is going to provide you some high picks. Well, the latter two might, might, might be fruitful. There will be all, better picks. The 25 all, and 27 picks will be better than the 22 and 23 picks for sure in my mind. Mm-hmm. They also agree all, that. You're paying so much money. Like the Nets are in just an absolute hell. So this is a very short-term solution because – both Harden and Durant come off contracts in the same year, and they're both $40 million players. The way it's worked out in Harden's last year, so I think that's like 22-23 season, he's making $47 million 
and Durant's making like 44 million. So that's 90 insane. plus million on two players. And then you also, I mean, even before that, you have Kyrie making high 30s. So, I mean, you're spending 110 million at least every season. This is an incredibly short-term thing. And you can you can you can't resign all three of them in two years. And they'll also be like 35. Yeah, I mean, I think this is it's it's gonna be it just helps out the Kyrie experiment because in my mind, the only one age-wise you want to re-sign on three of them is probably going to be Kyrie. Because at that point, you know, Durant is going to be great and fantastic, but he's going to be old. He will have had a pretty catastrophic injury. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest with you, man, I, he looks skinnier than he ever has. Oh, he looks yeah. like a 1970s like, center. And his bald spot is fucking embarrassing. It's hilarious. You're making how much money just get a touch just look the, the tattoo dots just get the, your hair fixed lebron did it it clearly isn't that expensive i mean it is expensive but they make the same amount of money i don't know uh the other thing too is james harden is really fat i sent you guys the yes. video there james harden is like as, as a fat man chunk he is thick he is a thick boy i, I don't know if he is just like a, a dad bod that is just so bad and sweats because it look when he's wearing his warm-ups he looks enormous well, he's, he's he let himself go but game yeah. on the offensive side so he can trot back and not play defense and i think he's been eating too many brunches at the strip club and he's just like <laughs> massive that's good game. that's good quality food though it's, i think that the um don't sleep on the buffet so my friend zach had a had a, a funny conspiracy theory that james harden was just wearing like a fat suit to look fat and play shitty and get traded. Um, he's just going to show up to the Nets like shredded and skinny and ready to go. Um, so if that does happen, shout out to, to Zach for being right. But uh, there's, there's no way you, I mean, there's he, no way you play he makes $50 million a year. He could do anything. Dude, he's no, got like, a well There's no way you could play in a fat suit and be. Yeah, he's still scoring 22 points a game and that wasn't good for him. But, like it would fall out. No, I mean, I just guess. duct tape, man. Yeah, duct but he's tape's also a beautiful thing. He's been he's been teetering off. I think his last four games, he was below twenty points a game, which is like his worst. It's his worst stretch since, since he was like okay, a six, six. Since he was yeah. six, man. That brings up a good point. So to kind of just close our our thoughts on this trade here, OKC is the thing that sticks out in my mind. KD and Harden have already played together, and yep. it's a lot of ego in the same room. And now you add Kyrie to that as well, and. But I think I just thing personally is, don't see it working. I, I don't see it happening. Russ. And I think Russ is a big part of it. You know, I think he's a little bit more pragmatic and a little bit more stable as a person. So he doesn't get like the the really bad publicity that you get for like a, a James Harden or Kevin Durant with his Twitter bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a little more stable off the court. He's more predictable. But I, I, I agree. No, uh, Russell Westbrook. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that it's going to be interesting. And I also think that if anyone can get Kyrie Irving to buy in, it's Kevin Durant. So it'll be interesting to see where this goes. Do I think the chemistry is going to be a nightmare? Yes. Am I grabbing my popcorn and waiting for the meltdown to happen? Absolutely. Yes. I don't know. I, I don't see how if, if Kyrie didn't buy into the Kevin Durant way now, I don't know how like fat James Harden with his little like asshole mouth beard, is going to come into the, Harden. uh, the fucking that <laughs> Harden will lean on his farting from now on. I don't know how he's gonna come in and he's gonna change everything and make Kyrie want to play here. Like if they were already a good team, I don't know. Yeah, you... it's 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 gonna be complicated, and I don't. You know, that's why I think all of us are very hesitant. I, and I would assume you are as well, Dan. This mm-hmm. doesn't affect your, you know your championship pick or anything or Easter Conference pick or no. Yeah. 
I so, am fully anticipating that this is going to be one of the worst disasters in like sports history. Like just in terms of the amount that they gave up for him and the return, I don't think it's it's going to be one of the worst things ever. Mike, at least, and we were working earlier today. Like, remember this moment. Like, if I'm wrong, I will gladly eat my words. But this is going to backfire completely. Since the last, I time, agree. Like this. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I guess I'm the only one who hasn't gone on record. I'd like to go on record and say <laughs> this: this could possibly be one of the top three worst trades in NBA history for a single organization. I think if this goes wrong, this could decimate the Nets for seven to ten years, at least. Everything is proceeding. Yeah. Foresee. Yes. <laughs> I mean, understanding they do have a billionaire owner who is willing to spend money, it's still only going to get you so far. But the franchise isn't earning any money right now. There's still no fans. There's not going to be any fans at any point this season, I wouldn't imagine. No, no fans no. to begin with. Yeah, that's also that part. Well, that's also true. <laughs> <laughs> it's a no, You know, it, it, it's unfortunate that the Nets don't have a huge fan base because I'm going to say something. Uh, Brooklyn... That Barclays Center is one of the best places to see a basketball game, I would assume. I've been three times now. Um, it's better than MSG, for sure, even though MSG is Mecca. And it's uh, the new new MSG is very nice. A new MSG is nice, but Barclays Center, there isn't a bad seat. That's for basketball. That's why I said for basketball. Yeah, because yeah was no, ho- hockey basketball. was terrible, but... <laughs> yeah, it wasn't built for hockey. Yeah. Maybe this will be the end of the Nets. Somebody will sell the Nets. Then you'll just have the Barclays Center just sitting in Brooklyn doing nothing. What are they, NBA's trying to get another team and they're not going to let one go away, you fucking boob. Well, sell it to like, because I mean, I know they have they have Seattle and Vegas. Are there two top? Yes, they want to add another team, not move a fucking team. Well, maybe they want to put another team in Canada. Another team in New York. Where in Canada? Vancouver? They don't like basketball. Actually, they do. They used to have another yeah. team. Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean... On, the, on that subject, Seattle yeah, better fucking get that team. That's all I'm going to say. Well, I think they're going to do two. They're going to try and get $5 billion. It's $2.5 billion a pop for the expansion teams. Mm-hmm. Same. That's insanity. That's that's basically you could buy most NBA franchises for that. Yep. yep. Very interesting day in the NBA, to say the least, though. It's going to be really, really weird to see how this all progresses and, and how the Nets can coexist with all these egotistical people on the same team Whack but jobs is what you're looking for. <laughs> that's that's fair the nets well, like well, aren't bad either like without all these people no <laughs> well they're also playing the next right now so that's not really the sign in the background was uh me watching new york basketball <laughs> it's just it's not not fun right now either way really interesting and monumental day in the nba james harden is now a net now back to our regular schedule program. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, let, let, let's move into the NFL. We had, obviously, wild card weekend uh, last weekend. So we had, what was it, seven total? No, we had more than that. No, was, no six uh, total games. Six games. It was 68,000 hours of commercials yes. and also some football. Yes. Some football was confirmed played. Yes. <laughs> it was some of the know, longest all... football games I've ever seen. I'm not going to lie. There were some of these yeah. games that – that were so fucking most, long. Most of them mm-hmm. were pretty competitive and pretty good. They they kept my interest the entire time, with the exception of, like the last two, I would say. But yeah. five, of it, four of the four of the six were sort of very solid football games. I would like yeah. to formally nominate the Bills game for game of the weekend. Yes, your application has been reviewed and accepted. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So for anyone who wasn't paying attention, uh, there were six games. And ultimately, the Bills won, the Buccaneers won, the Saints won, 
which we'll talk about that in a second because that was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. The Saints on Nickelodeon. Oh my! Rams, oh, I don't even want to. I don't, I don't even know if it's going to be uh, worth talking shoot about. Shoot it into the sun. <laughs> shoot it into the sun. I don't know, man. The, the, my thoughts are they're not. It's not. This is not even. Can, can this be X-rated sports? Okay. <laughs> First off, shout out to Ian Eagle. I'm calling you Ian Eagle because you're a fuckface. Uh, his son, the kid you, Noah, the kid you crapped out. Yeah, the kid you the kid you shit out. That's a Clippers radio announcer going on Nickelodeon, and of course the OG announcer Gabby just going woo woo. Oh, by the way, <laughs> had never watched a football game before. Well, I think that was the whole point, right? It was, it was supposed to be like football, just like dumbed down for like kids, right? That was that was the intention, at least. Dude, they but explained what the line was for first down. It was I called know. the slime line and the slime zone. Although I will, the slime explosion when they scored a touchdown was was exciting. I'll, I'll what a waste of slime! <laughs> they would have ran out of slime in the the Brown Steelers game. That's yeah, that's true. In that's the first true. quarter. I had to say, last point on the Nickelodeon game, Mitch Trubisky must be feeling really great. You know, you don't need <laughs> NFL MVPs or Super Bowl MVPs. You got the Nickelodeon. The, N- the, the MVP. The MVP. The, okay, first of all, I'd like <laughs> to come to Mitch Trubisky's defense for five seconds because he did not play all that bad at all. He threw no, a clear a touchdown in the, fr- in the second quarter, and the guy let it, literally looked at it go through his hands. Nope. And it was like a yes. 50-yard bomb. It was a great throw, and the guy was like, ugh. Yes, but he had a shit game. It. Otherwise, he, he he a good quarterback needs to. He had a good he had a good half. I would say he had a good first half. I he just threw you a know, touchdown he's... to Jimmy Graham, who Jim and as soon as Jimmy Graham caught it, he walked right off, <laughs> <He walked, laughs> which was burst into <laughs> fucking dust because he's so old. Well, he knew he wasn't winning the MVP trophy, so there's nothing to say. He's around. like, fuck there's this, nothing... yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not getting slimed. I like this uniform. They're not doing it for next week, are they? I hope not, at least. No, no, but they, you are going to be able to watch uh, Brady and uh, Breeze play on the History Channel. Uh, that's that's true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's, 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 that's been a fun, a fun meme this week. Football. Football. That was it was a joke because they're right. old. Listen, they've been putting them on weird <laughs> networks. Your boy doesn't know. I don't really care that much about football. <laughs> Honestly, I want to see I want to see the Bravo broadcast of one of these football games and just have like Andy Cohen like with the Real Housewives doing the, the round table during each fucking thing. Yeah. I want to see how long we make it before somebody goes that, over. That I want. Maybe when Chris was in the NBA, uh, that would have made sense. Oh, actually, that would have been really good. Yeah, they do like the uh, NBA on TNT, but instead of like Shaq and everybody, it's just Andy Cohen Andy and the Cohen. Real Housewives of New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise, in the games that happened this weekend, the Seahawks got upset by the Rams, which was surprising to me, at least. I didn't, they'd lose. Ravens beat the Titans, which not surprising. And then the Browns, I think with the surprise of the week, just destroyed pittsburgh like it was 28 nothing in the first quarter the final score is not indicative of how the game went oh no i was gonna say that the 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 browns won that game in five minutes and then Mm -hmm. coasted to a victory yep without their head coach and like six key players without having Mm -hmm. practiced in what two weeks and and the steelers had just about as good of a chance i mean they made like two or three like really boneheaded decisions down the stretch, even after all that um, disaster to start the game in the first quarter and beginning of the second, when it was 28, nothing, they came back. And mm-hmm. aside from Ben Roethlisberger, I mean, he Ben Roethlisberger ended up throwing for 500 yards. Five he yeah. four picks though, but also that's, 47 that's, that's, that's where I'm going. Which is a record. So also the interceptions and also a couple questionable uh, play calling decisions. They were primed to, to bring the score closer 
and they decided to punt on fourth and short from the, mm-hmm. the opponent's 38 or something like that. And that happened multiple times, yep. uh, or at least a similar, a similar scenario. And, you know, when the game's on the line, we you, go for it. you need to come back and the momentum's on your side. That's the, the, those are judgment calls that you would like to see go the other way because, you know, they, you know, they ended up losing by 11. Yeah, it was 48-37. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it, obviously the game was out of reach early, but you know, they, it was within striking distance. So mm-hmm. they could have made it more interesting than it otherwise was. And, and and other than that, they had about as as good of a comeback as they as you really could hope for. So regardless, it was, it was an exciting weekend, and now we advance to the divisional round next weekend. So I'm going to ask all you guys the, to. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Really, the Steelers. Can I just say one thing? Sure. What do you do about Steelers. Juju? We try. I I made the fire him you, into the sun. But but you were the one who was who said to me that you were going to end up keeping him. But I I think with you have so many options and you need to get rid of Juju. I think there's another talk going back to the Kyrie Irving, the James Harden thing. This is an example of an NFL player who is a toxic player. Like yeah, but he's done it once, and he can. You give him his season to learn from his stupidity, and if he doesn't learn, then you fire him into the sun. You have so many options though, like. Johnson's really good. Ray Ray McLeod's pretty good. Chase Claypool is very good. And even James But Juju Smith-Schuster is still an elite wide receiver, regardless of all that. He was dancing when they were down big uh, in the fourth quarter. That was bad. There. Yeah, his head that was bad. bad. I think he's you just a dumb bitch. You don't dance on the field while you're down 20 <laughs> points in a playoff <laughs> game. That's not, not like... <laughs> while you're being owned on your home field. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, that sets up the divisional weekend now. Following the six games this weekend, there'll be four games to decide who goes to the conference championship. So it's the Rams and Packers playing first on Saturday afternoon. Then the Saturday night game is Ravens-Bills, which should be a really good game. Looking forward to that game one. Game of the weekend. Yeah, I would agree. Cleveland and Kansas City are playing Sunday afternoon. And then Sunday night is Tampa Bay Saints in the History Channel Bowl, as we have alluded to. So the two oldest <laughs> quarterbacks in NFL history to ever face each other in the playoff mm-hmm. game. Here's um, a here's a guy, a really really old guy. So I I, I guess like how I wanted to look at it, Dan, is that the first games both days have the potential to be not close, mm-hmm. and that the second games will be the better games. Obviously, they gave them the prime time spot. I I, I think you're so you're I think right. Browns Chiefs has a higher chance to be close than Packers Rams. Yeah, uh, that's, that's pretty fair. much what I was gonna say. In Lambeau. but you yeah. know, if the Rams have their uh, if their Rams defense shows up. Then they'll they'll be in it, because uh, true. I I just think if they can get after Rogers, which you know, I know Rogers is very mobile, and that's kind but of getting like after him is, whole... is a proven way to rattle him. Exactly. Yeah. The question so. too for me with that game is: Are they playing in like temperate weather, or are they playing in Lambeau playoff football? I'm going to look that up for you because that's a factor. Also, if if the Rams are playing in that type of weather, they don't have a chance. There's no way. Also, also, what are you getting too? Are you getting are you getting uh, Jerry One Thumb or are you getting uh, Warford, your like former investment bank analyst? Like who? Dude, who he, he, went, he left the fucking game on a stretcher in an ambulance for a neck injury. He's not playing next week. But I did on the on the, the uh, good side. I did follow him on LinkedIn recently, or requested to follow him. Oh, he has not responded. Okay, so Saturday at four. It's going to be 31 with an eight mile an hour wind, and it's going to go down to about 26. It's only, dude, that's, it's only January. It doesn't get fuck you there until like the end of January to February. That's true. That's, that's true. a that's a balmy 31. 
I mean, yeah, these are these are people who go normally to full send games when it's like, you know, minus who gives a fuck. Um, what they do is they go in their full snowmobiling suits, all done up with thermals and everything. And then they bring a, this is not a joke, I swear to God, this is what they do. Then they bring a, a thermal sleeping bag. And then you get in the sleeping bag and you zip it up like full Pharaoh style. So just your face is showing. And all that's really showing is just your eyes. So it just looks like a bunch of earthworms buried in the snow in the stands in the higher portions of it. It's very funny. My, my dad had a, had a business associate who lived up there and was a season ticket holder. And he explained it to my dad and he was like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Just watch it home. <laughs> yeah. yeah you, my dad, a former college football player, gets, was like, no, absolutely not. Don't go to that cold game. gets in the middle of nowhere near no bodies of water other than some fucking tiny lakes. great lakes. Yeah. yeah. It's the experience. It's all, you know, in their mind, it's worth it. So I'll go to Lambo in September. I ain't yeah, going to get out of here. I, I would I would love to go to Lambeau Field for a nice game on September, you know, eighth. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, when, it, when it's like October fifties. Yeah, I want to get. So we're down to the last eight teams here. I want to get everyone's pick now. I know we made our picks back in August, and we'll we'll reference those eventually. I, I'm not remembering everyone's off the top of my head, but I want to make a pick now. Who is your Super Bowl champion out of the field of eight? Yeah, Josh Allen, baby. Yeah. Tall, great in shorts. shorts. <laughs> so is follow Bills getting it done? That that's your the prediction? only the only real New York team. You're not wrong there, but <laughs> no, you're not wrong. Man. You you think that they can beat Baltimore and then upset KC? KC or Cleveland? Yeah. Um, I think they can do both of those things. Are they are they favored? Obviously not, but I think they. If if Josh Allen performs how he ha- he has performed on my fantasy team. Then yes, I think anything is possible. I like that pick. I mean, the Bills are like I think the consensus pick. Bills are the Browns. Also, Bills Mafia. I'm in love with Bills Mafia. I, I love the oh, crazy shit they do. <laughs> they're the greatest. They light shit on fire now. They're like they're past. They days. do. They're into like yeah. lighting shit on fire now. That, yep. They've evolved. <laughs> Mike, I've heard it's pick? an experience. Oh, my my pick. Uh, my pick is as much as my heart like it, it pains me to say this. I think to the Bills that they're my pick, uh, um, but also if I had to make a logical pick, I think it's going to be the Packers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers had a literal Monster one of the best year. seasons like ever. So yeah, he, he needed yeah. some new, a fresh breath, coaching air, so to speak. Yeah, well, you, know, you know what's funny about him? They drafted a quarterback in the first round last year, meaning the Packers, thinking that he was washed up and he was done, and he literally just. Grab his nuts and lay them on the table. And was like, "Fuck all of you!" Like, I'm still, I'm still one of the top. greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. There's yes. an interview where he, like, he was watching the draft. He saw that happen. He's like, "I poured myself like a full glass of tequila, not like a glass of tequila." He's like, "I poured myself like a full glass of tequila mm-hmm. and just drank it and like reevaluated his life." And he was just mm-hmm. like, and, like, "Fuck shit up." <laughs> yep, would be good. Yeah. Um, so, Kyle, so, what do you think? <clears throat> I didn't play fantasy football this year, so I'm not as informed on football as usual. As I've said, I pay more attention to the other football um football that part football so i would i would i would i would like to see aaron Rodgers win a win a title what i think is going to happen is that the chiefs are going to win again um but my super bowl pick is packers chiefs so those are the two highest rating teams of the two remaining what's one team you see could upset that the bills 
A bill? Okay, great. I, I, I'm going to sure. say this until the cows come home. Brady's great, but they just I don't think that defense can hang with Pat Mahomes. They're sure they can get to him. they got to catch him, though. And I just think that the Saints are the Saints, and they're going to do the Saints, and they're going to crash out either in this, this round or the next. And the New Orleans is going to call bullshit. And then they're going to have a parade like they were actually in the Super Bowl. And then every bar in New Orleans is only going to play the Super Bowl win, which is my favorite story of all time. Um, but yeah, uh, it's Chiefs Packers. Chiefs take it. That's what I got. So to wrap things up, I actually remember my pick from August and I said the Saints. And I'm going to stick with that. I think Drew Brees is going to go out on top. I think it's his, he's already basically admitted it's his last year. I feel like they are still angry about what happened with the Rams. What was it that three years ago yeah, where they got I just referenced with the parade? Yeah. Where they got fucked. Hard. So I think they're going to continue this revenge tour and, and get it done. So I'm going to stick with the saints. And I would, I would agree. I think everyone, the, the good story that everyone wants is either the bills or Cleveland to win. Cause obviously they haven't won in yeah. decades. And the bills have never won before, right? I don't think either team has. I would say I got the Saints over the box for sure, just because I, it's just my, my gut feeling. But mm-hmm. it would be nice to see Drew Brees go out on top. That would be that would be very cool. And I also would like it because then he would get the fuck out of the league and maybe we could have another <laughs> young quarterback come in. I'm done with these 45-year-old guys that are hanging on by a thread playing for the same team for 25 years, which is why I at least like that Brady fucking left New England. Brady is not hanging on by a thread. He's, he can still... Nice. Yeah. No, that's he's why I'm not talking about him. If you, you <laughs> he's getting, he's getting better. The sense I just said, he doesn't, that doesn't apply to him. <laughs> he's, he's the exception to the rule, not the rule. Should be fun. Uh, we'll see what happens, but we'll certainly revisit our picks by the time the Super Bowl comes around and see if we were right or even remotely close. So... Let's let's close things down here. Let's go to our our closing statements. We'll try and keep it to a sentence, but I'm I'm going to stop saying that in the new year because it's just not going to happen. So no, it's not. Yeah. So let let's start with uh, Kyle. Let's go to you for your your closing thoughts. Well, I'm going to start with hoping that uh, since this is a sports episode, hoping that Everton keeps up their good form. I'm very happy with them. Barcelona is starting to look good, finally, and hoping that trusting the process, trusting Tibbs, that we get some good outcomes for the. New York Knickerbockers. And as always, don't be a dick. Wear your mask and social distance. Be safe. Get tested the whole nine. Uh, stay safe. Patrick. The esteemed Hello. Patrick. So I just want to do, uh, and I don't know, Mike, if you were to go somewhere with this, but Islanders Rangers Thursday night. Tune in, lads and last ladies. Uh, it's this gonna, comes out Andy. the next day. Yeah. <laughs> well, they'll play so, what, so, Saturday too. <laughs> so yes, they play on Saturday as well. <laughs> How about that ass kicking of the Rangers yesterday? Wow. <laughs> you know what? We're gonna go get them tomorrow because by now tomorrow will be Saturday when they play again. Yes. <laughs> so tune into that one. Thank you, Doctor Who. <laughs> to watch the yes, never one no Islanders play the zero one Rangers. So, yes, go Islanders. Certainly be watching Thursday and then Saturday as well, hopefully being the Rangers both times. And the rest of the games, because the... watch them. All right, Mike, take us home. Mikhail. Yeah, what Pat said, let's go Islanders. I also wanted to uh, make sure that everybody at home was paying attention uh, noticed that we omitted the National College Football Championship. And now 
That was a conscientious omission because at this point in your life, stop watching college football. You graduated from college. There's no reason for it. Unless you go to the school, don't watch college football. It's fucking dumb. The playoffs have proved that to you. Yeah, but the playoffs have proved that college football is dumb. And there's like, if you want to talk about a league that has absolutely no parity, not the NBA. Talk about college fucking football. Stop watching college football. Stop giving it the time of day. That's my piece. For me, thank you, Uncle Stevie, for making a big move. Super excited to have Francisco Lindor hopefully be the face of the Mets for the next decade. You know, fingers crossed that by the time spring training starts in February, they get an extension done. Again, go Islanders. They start their rise back to the Stanley Cup on Thursday um, of this week. So it'll be yesterday when this comes out. Uh, And hopefully, hoping for a lot of good things from them. So... That'll do it for this week. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, as always, we appreciate it. Like and subscribe if you enjoyed what you heard. We are on all the platforms you can find your podcasts at this point. Follow us on social media. Interact with us. Let us know what you want us to talk about. And we'll catch you guys on the next one. Sponsor Mike's OnlyFans. This week we get sapiosexual with Army Hammer. <laughs> Look that up. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs>